When people find God, we as Christians celebrate. But what do we do when someone loses God? That's a trickier question. Welcome to the Plugged In Show. And no, speaking of losing, we did not lose our normal host, Adam Holtz. He's on vacation, which we really should not allow him to do anymore. I mean, where is he going to go? Anyway, my name is Paul Acey, and I'll be subbing for him this episode. And of course, we have our usual assortment of brilliant panelists to talk with you today, including... Bob Hoos. Emily Clark. And Jonathan McKee. And obviously, you're here with us, too. And we're super glad you are. Oh, you're an important part of this show. So why don't you introduce yourself to us so we can get to know you better? Uh, feel free to send us your thoughts at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com. We have a lot to talk about today, so let's just dive in with a question. Um, think about back to your ancient past. When was the first time, the very first time, that entertainment, uh, be it a scene from a movie, a song you heard on the radio, impacted your faith? It's a hard question. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I think it's because, you know, I was raised in a Christian home. So I don't know that there was ever one specific, you know, scene from a movie or one specific song on the radio that I heard where it moved me in that sense. But mm-hmm. I do know that as I got older, Christian music had a tendency to get, um, I don't want to say it got better, but it definitely um, started just feeling more impactful to me like um like when uh hillsong's oceans came out well actually it's probably like 10 years ago now um but when that came out i just remember everybody even non-christians were listening to it and for me that was a really cool moment because it was like hey i get to share my faith with people who are not necessarily christian through this song because they like it because it's not a super for lack of a better word, it's not super Christian-y. So it was just, it was nice to have that um, song there just so that I could share it with people who weren't necessarily Christian because it didn't feel necessarily like a Christian song. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, it's kind of nice when you have something from that, that feels Christian, that maybe is Christian, that, that you feel yes. like holds up, you know, to the secular culture in a way, right? Yes, I, I think my uh, my entertainment choice would be uh, film. It's it's a little bit obscure. It's a it's a movie called The Ninth Configuration. It's hmm. a movie from like like 1980. It was I've never even direct- heard of it. Yeah, it was written and directed by um, by William Peter Blatty. He's he's the guy who uh, wrote The Exorcist. If mm-hmm. you're if you're wrong. and I saw it um, just after I'd become a Christian, and and although it frankly has quite a bit of language and violence in it in its mix uh, it also has some of the strongest statements in defense of faith that i've ever seen in a, in a movie i mean to this day that's it, it's really very powerful in that way uh, that actually gave me a it gave voice to a lot of the things i was thinking at the time but i i couldn't quite articulate yeah, yeah. It may be something I have to check out because I really have never even heard of it. So, hmm, interesting. You know, you when you asked the question, I was thinking that uh, you, you know, I was like, huh, is, is he asking, did it strengthen your faith or distracted you from your faith? Yeah, <laughs> because, and it could be either one, to be honest with you. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, 
I definitely there was a there was some albums that like I used to fall asleep with my Emily. There's you're going to use a word you don't know with my Walkman. Uh, <laughs> and I used to have one. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Well, I, um, you know, like I used to actually fall asleep to, and I've talked about this on my on the podcast before. Um, there was a band. Steve Taylor was this Christian artist, and I used to listen to his Meltdown side two going to sleep, and uh, I really liked him, and I felt like a lot of his songs resonated with me. But I, I'm going to go with the distraction. I snuck and saw. A movie in high school because in high school kind of went through this phase where I'm like I'm gonna do what I want and <laughs> uh, and I snuck and I saw Risky Business and uh, which was just full of all kinds of garbage and oh, um, the thing that I think was so scary about it is the film theme was that they kept saying hey sometimes in life you just have to say what the heck and they didn't even say those exact words but <laughs> it was pretty much kind of this like Hey, who cares? Life will work out. And he does all these bad things. And then at the end, uh, he gets away with it all. And there was a group of my friends where we all hung out together and we had snuck and we watched that and we started saying that. We started saying that phrase. And we're like, hey, after all, life is short. What the heck? You know, and um, I'd say that the movie really had a negative effect on me. As a matter of fact, it had such a negative effect on one of my friends that, I mean, that kind of became his mantra. And, uh, I mean, I saw, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to be one of those people like, it was that movie. But that movie <laughs> was kind of a catalyst. I don't know if that's the word you were looking for, Emily, but on the opposite sense, um, it, that, that kind of gave this excuse and kind of like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And so, yeah, I, it was it was a big distraction. And later for me in life, um, thinking of media and stuff, I've seen how media can sometimes serve in that role. So I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but that's what it was for me. No, it absolutely. That absolutely is right on target. And and for me, I, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to go with a more positive twist on it. Um, Good. <laughs> <Give some production>. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I think it's a little like Emily's experience actually. And sometimes I, I, I hate asking these questions because it, immediately dates me and makes me feel really old. <laughs> but when I was in high school, there was a band that sort of popped out of nowhere called Mr. Mister. And they had, you know, this was 86, 87. Um, they had some really good, catchy, poppy songs, but they all seemed like they were sort of tinged with a certain spirituality. You know, the the, the big hmm. hit that they had was was the song called Kiri, uh, which essentially yeah. was a prayer. Um, and it was it was a really, really cool song. And, and, and like Emily, I think it, it gratified me to hear something in the culture that felt like it was a piece of of me a piece of my faith um you know i think that i think that before then you know you have church and it's sort of squirreled off into a corner and and you do that thing and but it doesn't really leak into the regular world and and, and so it sort of feels like it's it's sealed and you don't have any real real connection with the with the popular culture. Here was something that that spoke about faith, and that was a huge part of the culture there. People who didn't have my faith, that didn't share my faith, dug this song, and I think it 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 made me think. You know what? Christianity can be kind of cool, and uh, that was kind of a, a neat thing for me to think about. Yeah, yeah, you know. 
So, and that's not a message you always hear from the media. Well, it really isn't. It really isn't. I think that, that sometimes, I think that's why sometimes we really latch on to things that seem to fly well in the popular culture. And that has sort of some good sides and bad sides, right? Um, mm-hmm. For a lot of Christians of a certain age, the pop punk rock band Hawk Nelson might have been a little <laughs> like Mr. Mr. was for me, right? Um, this, it was this huge band. It wasn't necessarily a Christian band, at least at the, at the early stages, but it was a, a very popular band that really spoke a lot about Christianity. Um, and it had a, a huge influence on, on a lot of people in their faith, I think. Uh, but this May, lead singer Jonathan Steingard announced that he didn't believe in God anymore. In a long, long Instagram post, Steingard said that losing his faith was a little like pulling on the threads of a sweater. And he just kept pulling at the strings until there just wasn't a sweater anymore. Um, when I read about this in our weekly Culture Clip blog from, from uh, Wednesday a, a bit ago, uh, it hit me hard. My son listened to Hawk Nelson growing up. And Emily, I know that, that you were the author of this blog, and I know that you have some history <laughs> with Hawk Nelson yourself, right? Uh, yes, yes. When I was in high school, it was my and my best friend's favorite band for like hmm. a couple of months. Actually, we uh, Ooh, we were really digging a hockey. whole months. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's like most of Emily's life. <laughs> it was like every few months or so. Um, I really defaulted to my best friend's judgment when it came to music, but every few months or so, she would basically get a new favorite band, and it was usually based on whoever the lead singer was at the time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember if that was the case or not for Hawk Nelson, um, but I do remember that we went to a christian uh women's conference called revolve and hawk nelson was one of the featured bands at this uh at this conference and we were digging it we were jamming pretty hard (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah i was definitely definitely a fan when i was in high school so how did it make you feel when you heard that, that that steingard had lost his faith Mostly it just makes me sad because it's like you don't – we don't know what that person is going through. We don't know I, – I mean, I don't know him personally. I don't know his story. I don't know – I really don't know anything about him. And it so it just kind of makes me sad because it's like, man, I wish I knew what you were going through. I wish I could talk to you. But I've also seen um, – just from writing that article, I saw so many other Christian artists who do know him, who have known him, you know, they were, that's what they were offering. They're like, Hey man, you want to talk? Just, just let me know. Like, I'm always here for you. I'm always going to love you. And I think that was a proper response. It's like, we can't sit there and say, Oh, well, they're not a Christian. And you know, your world just falls apart. You know, you have to, you have to accept the fact that everybody's story is different and that you 99% of the time we do not have all the details so it's like it makes me sad but at the same time I'm like okay well maybe this won't be permanent maybe you know he'll this will give maybe this will be an opportunity this is what I pray at least maybe this will be an opportunity for him to explore his faith and you know explore his relationship with God and possibly even become closer than ever but at the same time Maybe not. So it's it's just it's so confusing, I think. And I think that yeah. as, 
if that had happened when I was a teenager, um, I think it would have, it probably would have impacted me a little bit more if I was a teenager when this had happened. Um, because I was still, I was such a big fan that it would have been like, oh my gosh, my favorite band that was also Christian turns out it's not Christian anymore. And it would have been devastating because, you know, you put your, you put your trust in those kinds of bands, I think. And you're like, this is a band I can count on. And, you know, they're playing, you know, this punk rock music and it's fun and I can listen to it with my non-Christian friends. And then something like this happens and you're like, Hmm. oh, well, now what? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think some people are shaken by these kinds of things, you know, when celebrities step away from their faith or whatever. But on the other hand, I don't think we should be. I mean, I mean, it's sad, just like mm-hmm. you guys had already said. And but on the other hand, it's kind of understandable when you stop and think about it. I mean, as Christians, we're hit with, you know, this constant, almost daily attack on our faith, you know, and, and, and we live in this world that is quite literally upside down when it comes to things like common sense and logic. And in a way, all of that is driven by its own form of faith. Uh, hmm. it, it may be a faith in, I don't know, sexual preferences and scores of genders or whatever it is, but, but it's a faith that very often is in direct conflict with ours. And I think mm. I think it's not easy for us as Christians to always push against that every day. And I mm. think sometimes it's a little bit too much for some to do. Yeah, mm. Emily, one of the things that you mentioned as, as you were talking about it is you, you thought that it might this revelation might have impacted you more when you were a teen. When you obviously we have a lot of parents listening to the show. When you think about um how something like this can impact the young fans. Um, do you all have thoughts on, on how parents can address these issues? I mean, how, how realistically, how much does something like this impact their fans? Number one, and number two, parents who are trying to step in and trying to help their, their sons and daughters sort of work through this issue. How do they deal with that? Well, you know, I, you were asking me how much it impacts them. I think that I, I'm going to go back to what I said before. You know, if you're as parents, I know that a lot of parents are trying to find ways to discern what types of music are appropriate for their kids. And so, you know, you and your kids, you find this band, Hawk Nelson. You're like, okay, they're a little edgy. They're a little, you know, some some of their songs aren't as um, you know, holy as others, but, you know, they are Christians, they're putting out a good message, and even their non-Christian songs are super clean and super fun, so I'm going to trust this band to put out this music, and my kid can trust them too, and then your kid gets invested in, you know, the band, and they're following them on social media and learning about them online, and then something like this happens, and you just feel disappointed, and you feel let down, and... You know, a lot of kids might be sitting there questioning, well, if this person who was who I thought was a Christian and, you know, I was listening to their music because I thought they were a Christian. If they're not a Christian, then what do I believe? Do I believe in God? Should I be questioning my faith? You know, Jonathan Steingard, he's got all these questions and stuff. Well, now I have these same questions. And so I think as a parent, you just have to 
it's a, it's a tough, it's tough waters to navigate for sure, because your kids probably will have questions because that person was questioning their own faith. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, I'm sure you deal with these sorts of questions all the time in, in what you do. Do you have, I mean, as, as you sort of walk through both teens and parents who are dealing with this, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's such a common thing because, you know, for, teenagers you know these questions happen and it's and and it's a normal thing and sometimes i think as parents the first thing is just understand that you know questions and doubts are normal and it doesn't mean you know you did a bad job as a parent don't take it personally because the first piece of advice i always give a parent is don't freak out you know because sometimes they're like what i didn't raise you like this you know and it's and and there's the freaking out that tends to happen where, I mean, parenting 101 is always create just a safe climate where your kids feel safe to share. And if they, you know, share, well, I don't even know what I believe, you know, and you're like, oh, my gosh, go to your room, you know, then they'll realize, <laughs> well, you know, I, I can't speak safely here. This is not a safe place. So what ends up happening is they end up going elsewhere for their advice. And they're like, well, I'm going to go, you know, somewhere where I can, you know, get good advice, you know, so I'm going to go to my old deep purple albums or whatever, you know, and, and so the I, kids don't listen to deep purple anymore. anyway, <laughs> but the thing is, but, but, you know, I just thought that was just for Bob. So anyway, but the thing is, uh, um, it, it's, it's one of those areas where we always need to think about how can we create a safe climate and just go, Hey, tell me more about what you're thinking and practice empathy and listen in here. Cause so often kids just need to vent. They need to feel noticed and heard. And if we can hear them and understand and say, Hey, let's, you know, let's talk about this more. And very often, instead of you know, trying to defend every little thing they say. I think sometimes, you know, when we just turn the truth and we turn to, you know, the Bible, it's like, like this week, I, I know actually some young people, there were some parents that talked to me that there's uh, some young people in these k- past couple weeks of craziness uh, with all the violence and stuff that was going on in the world. There's some kids that are like, I don't even know. I'm, I'm having, you know, doubts. How could there be so much evil in the world? That's one of the biggest questions that, a lot of people have. And that's one of the questions that this guy, Jonathan was having is how would God allow evil in the world? And what a great time to be able to dialogue with that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes when you open up scripture and you're just talking and, and you're reading about God's love and who God is, rather than just trying to answer that question, when you, if you're spending time as a family in God's word and getting to know who God is and the closer you get to God, then God is your, you know, you get to know God in this relationship where he's more of a friend. And when somebody says some accusation about your friend, God, you kind of go, Hey, I know God. And he's not like that, you know? So sometimes we think, Oh, we never talk about God until something like this comes up. And also now we're trying to find some Bible verse that argues it, man, let's just stay in scripture, help our kids get to know God. And then when one of these safe when these questions comes up in a safe environment, you're going to be able to dialogue and say, and, and talk about this in, in realistic, you know, ways. So it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where we as parents need to um, be in the word and create this safe environment. And that seems to just go miles when, when these kind of questions come up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in, in just listening to you talk, one thing that, that occurs to me is that, that when you talk about sinking into the scripture on these sorts of things, 
there is not a difficult question that is asked today that wasn't asked in some form or another in the Bible itself. And, and I think that that's one of the things that, that gives me, you know, is as I go through my own faith and I think about some of these really big, serious issues, you know, why is there evil? You know, why is God's presence not felt as strongly as we'd like it to be? Um, you know, I just read the Psalms, read Ecclesiastes. You find these hints all over the place that 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 people were still grappling with these issues. And I think almost everybody of of who takes their faith seriously is going to be dealing with some of these questions every once in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. And isn't it funny how sometimes God will really use whatever it is that you're st- if if you're in the Word. Um, God really uses that. How many times have you been like in a sermon series or in the word and all of a sudden something in the world happens and you're like, I was just reading about that. I mean, right. and you could say, well, that's weird. That's luck. That's fate. But I mean, this week we, we've been kind of having this, we call it barn church in our neighborhood during COVID. And it's been a bunch of believers in the neighborhood. We just met down by the barn and yeah, we really do live out there in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and um, and uh, so like last week, we had seven trucks backed up. Yeah, see, pickup trucks. And we all backed up our pickup trucks, and we were just sitting around, and we were talking. And we've been going through the Beatitudes. Well, last week's Beatitude was, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm. And uh, and when we were talking about peacemakers, it was, you know, when we had just seen a lot of riots and stuff all over the news. And we're like, isn't it interesting that this week's passage is blessed are the peacemakers? Well, the interesting thing was, these are all families and a lot of the kids there have been getting to know Jesus and been getting to know his, you know, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are... And so they immediately, when they saw stuff going on, they were kind of like, hey, that's not, that's not us. That's yeah. not what Jesus is calling us to be. They recognized it. They recognized it as a lie because they were saturated in truth. Yeah, yeah. So just, I think that we've kind of addressed this maybe a little bit indirectly, but but for parents who whose kids have been really into Hawk Nelson, what do you do with, with all that music? What do you do as you engage with your, your kids about Hawk Nelson specifically? Do you say, I don't think you should listen to their music anymore, or is it more of a dialogue type of a thing? Hmm. I think it's more of a dialogue. I I mean, like, I'm still going to listen to the albums that <laughs> that I remember and love from high school because I still think that even though those may not be relevant to Jonathan Steingart anymore, they're still relevant to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. When I think about this conversation, I come back to what we always seem to talk about here at Plugged In. Moms and dads, talk with your kids. Get involved with their lives. Foster an environment where you and your sons and daughters can really discuss honestly about really important issues. Uh, Questions and doubts may be a part of their faith, and their faith is at this really formative time. So they're going to be asking the really difficult questions. They're going to have doubts. Better for you to tackle their questions, even if you have questions too than to have them search for answers in a disbelieving and sometimes hostile culture. So if you want more information on how to deal with some of these issues, go to our website for more resources on, on how to talk about some of this stuff, because it's just super important. So with that in mind, do you have questions for us? Do you want us to address something in a future show? Let us know by writing to us at team at the plugged in show. And go ahead, have your friends hit that subscribe button. 
We promise it won't bite. At least it hasn't yet. Thanks for listening this week. We'll gather again at the same bat time, same bat channel. Or really, anytime you want, here at the Plugged In Show. Plugged In.